1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms.
2: Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, Beta Male Revolution, or Imperfect Thriving, go to practiceofthepractice.com forward slash network. Hey ladies, we're back for part two with Dr. Underwood. Raising kids is so hard, especially when you factor in divorce. What do I say? What do I do? How do I have this conversation with my kids? Dr. Underwood answers those exact questions in this episode. If you haven't already, I want you to listen to part one. Should I stay or is it time to go? Grab a pen and paper, ladies, because you're going to want to take notes and share this with your friends take me through this so you had you had the revelation and you were able to go ahead and say this out loud you started to take baby steps what did it look like when it was time to actually have the conversation
3: well I think that was it took a couple of months before I actually had that conversation. Um, I had gone and you don't want to be careful that I'm not too open about that. Of course. But um, there was just, there was some conversation and I just, I think at that point in my life, I felt like I knew that he wasn't going to be the fit that I needed. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't like I didn't go to therapy. I went to therapy with him a couple of times and ha- I kind of knew it wasn't going to work. And I'm not advocating like if, if you think you can go to therapy and work through it by all means. Yeah, again, you're just sharing your try, experience. Yeah, try to save that, right? Like if it works, it works, right? But for me, I think probably because of my career, my profession, like I kind of knew that emotionally we weren't the same person and our needs weren't the same. And so, um I just remember just feeling suffocated. And and wanting out. And I had many conversations with that same girlfriend. She's like, I knew her since I was 14. Like, Mm -hmm. she's amazing. And still a great source of support for me. And I also had a friend from grad school that I kind of talked to openly. Mm -hmm. So I think these dialogues got me kind of like really facing how unhappy I was. Mm -hmm. And I had this huge 3,400 square foot, beautifully decorated Ethan Allen, you Mm -hmm. know, like type furniture. Like it was It was beautiful. It was everything you could ever want, right? And these two beautiful kids and this house, and it's like I felt suffocated by it. We had things everywhere, and the things weren't making me happy. We Mm -hmm. had debt. We had you name it. It looked pretty from the outside, but from the inside, it felt chaotic to me. And um, I think I just made that decision. I had another girlfriend who I didn't really know that well and ended up being one of my best friends now. Um, she had a room for rent. And I remember seeing her and going, do you still have that room for rent? And somehow I made that choice to do that. And yeah. it, every step of the way, I was like, <gasps> I remember, am I going to do this? Am I going to do this? Yeah. Like it, it It was,
2: yeah. I remember having those conversations with you, mind you, you guys, we've, we've been, we've been, we worked together and, you know, we became besties like automatically. <laughs> um, and I remember having those conversations with you, you know, in my office, in your office, and i remember you really really thinking this through yes and i i remember telling you that i admire i admire your ability to just not be so impulsive and not just go for it you know right. you really took things both both for you and for him and for the kids and for the kids you yeah. you took it all into consideration And every move you made, it was well thought out. It was, it wasn't like this crazy designed plan, but it was like, okay, well, what's my next move and where am I at with this? Right. And that's how it was. It, It probably
3: took me, let me think, it was three or four years before the divorce was final. That's a long time. Yeah. You know, and when I made that decision to move out with my friend, I knew it was a temporary decision. I didn't invest a lot in it. Mm-hmm. It's a room I could rent month to month. And i that's how I looked at it. Like, I'm going to take it from this month to the next month. And then when I was there, I thought to myself, do I want to go back? And I had lots of debates inside my head with friends. Like, do I go back? Do I stay? But it was never I wanted to go back for the relationship. It was always I wanted to go back to what was normal and routine, what I knew. Mm -hmm. And when I looked at that critically, I could say, no, then this is where I need to be yeah, right here. And so every month became a new opportunity for me to get stronger and more clarity about that choice. Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, yes, it took a long time. And I don't think it it is going to be something that like just kind of hits you and you're able to do it. I I don't think that's a good thing either.
2: No, I think it
3: is important with something so life-changing and it has such an impact on so many people that you do do it step by step, you know? I love that you said it has
2: such a huge impact, you know, not just your family, you know, not just your immediate family, your outside extended family and, and friends, right? You know, I have a friend who is kind of going through something similar and her biggest, her biggest fear is everybody's going to blame her. Mm-hmm. everybody's going to blame her because he's this amazing guy and he's a great father, which is true. You know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I said, this isn't, we're not, we're not doing this to go out and make anybody look like the monster right. or the victim or right. the hero. Right. Not at all. This is just recognizing when an, a relationship is no longer healthy for you personally. Right. Right. And, and so she's struggling with that. Matter of fact, you know, she had asked me to, you know, I told her you were mm-hmm. coming on and she was like, Oh my God. Um, how do you handle that? Like, because in so many ways, yes, you want to go ahead and respect other people's feelings. However, it can't come to the cost of yours.
3: Right. I mean, that's ultimately the end game, right? Like the the finale of that question, right? Yes. But it it is, I'm not going to say it's easy no, because there were a lot of people, some that I expected and some that I didn't, that were not supportive of my decision. And I hear this from a lot of moms that are going through this, that they're like, I almost wish you would cheat on me. or you be an alcoholic? <laughs> yeah. like, oh, let's let's just get it over with. Here we out, go. Aren't you a hooker. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> you embezzled something. <laughs> Whatever. Right. Like, something.
1: Here you, go. you have the yeah. whole house to
3: yourself. Yeah. I got the kids.
1: Yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't work like that because you're right. We want the good guy, bad guy thing. Yes. right? And I think that so many um, people operate from this black and white perspective that they want to put people in those categories because it's painful. Yes. Instead of just acknowledging that this is painful for themselves, they have to put us in these bad guy categories. And so, um, you have to kind of go back to what you just said, which is, how am I going to be authentic and true to myself? Am I going to live my life for other people, or am I going to do it for for me? And remember, that benefits our kids. Don't you want that for your kids? Mm-hmm. Like I, I was thinking about it when when I would get a lot of backlash from family, and it's not like not just family, but friends too. It's and when I say backlash, I didn't feel anything. Overtly, it was really covertly, yeah. right? Yeah. Like it was, you could kind of feel that people were unhappy with you. I almost felt like the Scarlet Letter, like oh, I needed yes. to wear the A. I'm
2: know? glad you said that. Yeah. Yes.
3: And, and I think that's the the painful part is feeling shame and guilt, and like I'm hedonistic and impulsive, and I just want. To, I went to the gym and got thin, and so this mm-hmm. is the reason why I'm doing this. Yeah, right? watch out! I'm taking right. everybody's yeah. men. Yeah, I want to date. Yeah. It. Yeah. yeah, it's happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was never that, but, but they didn't understand that. And I kind of had to keep that, like, that's theirs. This is mine. And and if I kind of lost my train of thought on that, but um, if I go back to where, you know, what is best for my kids, it's, so I think it becomes this thing where, I'm separate from them and their reaction to my choice is their reaction to that choice. And I understand that it causes them pain, but I can't fix their pain for them. Mm -hmm. I have to let that be there. So even though it's coming at me personal, it's not personal. Mm -mm. I found that the people that had the strongest reactions to my choice, it's usually a a reflection for them.
2: Girl, yes. Right? Yes. And- as
3: therapists, we're able to say that, right. you know,
2: because if something's triggering you, well, it's, it's an insecurity half, right. you know, that you haven't worked on. Right. We can say that when we're in it though, it doesn't feel that way. Right. We're now triggered because right. it's like, holy moly, I've been back and forth about this decision. I'm not, I'm still not sure if this is the, you know, I'm doing everything a hundred percent correct. I'm doing everything a hundred percent healthy because there is no guideline, you know. Right. We, I mean, we're both therapists, and we right. still couldn't provide anybody with a hundred percent proof guidelines. Do this, do that. There's do no this. way. Right. There's no way. Yeah. And so, because of that, there is insecurities. And then, in addition to that, it's uncharted territory. Right. You know. Right. And like we said, you do want to be respectful of your friends and family, and at the same time, you can't drink their poison.
3: Right. You can't live their lives. You know, your choice has to be for you. Otherwise you go back to the hamster wheel, Mm -hmm. if you will, you're now living for them. And that creates anxiety because you're not authentic.
2: Yes. And ladies, you might do that. You might find yourself where you're taking, you know, two steps forward and then five steps back. And then 10 steps forward and then only three steps back. And then all of a sudden you're, you know, taking these, you going for a mile and you end up in some marathon because you're re- literally running because you're feeling that confident and that secure in your decision. And that takes time. And I appreciate that Penny is stressing on all of this takes time and it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to, f- it's going to feel, You're probably going to have all of these emotions, you know, scared, you know, feeling defeated, feeling overwhelmed, feeling insecure, feeling even possible shame, right? Right, And even with those feelings, again, we get to lean in. We get to lean in and get comfortable with them.
3: Right. Because as we get comfortable with them, well, that fear sort of subsides it does right Right? it it becomes manageable yes you know i always say that the intensity we need to bring down so that we can manage the emotion but the emotion's not going to go away Mm -hmm. like it's still going to be part of who we are so this process for me was painful it was scary it was embarrassing it was all those things and was i going to go back home so that i avoid those feelings or am i going to figure out how to deal with those feelings
2: yes Right? Yes. A hundred percent.
3: And that can be, like you said, in any, any relationship, right? In any point in your life, whether it's a working relationship, the mom's on your baseball team or your, mm-hmm. your son's baseball team or whatever, right? Like it's in any avenue that we have to kind of look at. How are we dealing with our emotions? Are we running away? Are we trying to fit a narrative so that others are happy? but then what happens to us?
2: Yes. And I think as we start to develop this approach, you know, one question that was asked is, you know, if I leave, what am I going to do for finances? If I leave, what am I going to do, you know, about what am I going to, what am I going to say to my kids? How am I going to go ahead and still be a mom? What is it going to look like with me being away from them on holidays?
3: Right.
2: How, how did you approach that? So going in, I mean, obviously there's going to be you know, there's going to be change. There's going to be change for everybody. Everybody, yeah. So now, knowing that and doing your own work, right, to go ahead and make this decision. Now, how do you handle that? How do you handle that change?
3: Well, each step was a step for me. So I, I, I felt fortunate. I knew that I was coming into this um, with a career and an education. And a license to practice. So I knew that I had the ability to make some money. And I continued to be in those bad relationships, mm-hmm. you know, the bad contract with the county, because I needed that to survive. And what I found is that I was now in charge of my money and living in that little tiny casita, paying rent and, and paying for my car, my student loan, and feeding my kids. I found that I was still surviving and I wasn't making a ton of money. Yeah. I, I was still surviving. Um, and so, but now I wasn't losing a lot of money cause I wasn't expending it excessively. Mm-hmm. So I kind of found like, oh, okay, I'm actually doing better than I thought because now I'm in control mm-hmm. of this. Right. Mm-hmm. So that piece started to kind of resolve on its own. And it wasn't for a couple of years that then I started to make another choice and started working full time at the, um, outpatient program we met at. So. For me, it was, I just kept taking that and the ball kept rolling and and I didn't have to know where it was going to roll. I just focused on one step at a time. Hey ladies, are you loving this
2: episode? Because if you are, share it with your friends. In addition to that, I want to personally invite you into my private Facebook group, Empowered and Unapologetic. On this page, I want you to post What was your favorite episode? What lessons have you learned? And what was your greatest takeaway? On there, it's an interactive page where
3: you find women just like you, learning and growing. And what was your other question? It was about the kids and the holidays, Mm -hmm. right? Like that was another thing that transitioned over time, right? In the beginning, we celebrated together. Actually, for years, we celebrated together. So, Christmas, I would go over to the house and we would celebrate together. And then finally, I started renting my own house, got out of that little Mm -hmm. casita, rented my own house. And then he came over and celebrated Christmas. And then it was time where I started dating someone, and that didn't make sense anymore. And so, in the last year, we have separated so that we're not celebrating holidays together. Mm -hmm. That's just what worked for us. Mm -hmm. Um, We had a working relationship. I'm fortunate enough that. I feel my ex was not going to be vindictive in that way, um that he wanted what was best for the kids too. Our goals were always what was best for the kids, so we could kind of come to a conclusion about how to make that happen mm-hmm. and so that made sense for us. That transition was smoother um but that doesn't work for everybody and I don't not everybody's gonna have the same relationship with their ex and I have
2: What do you think it was because that's that's another question. How do you stay friends after divorce? Is it possible, especially
3: for the kids? It is. It is possible, but both parties have to want that, right? If one party's invested in the other being the bad guy, it won't work, Mm -hmm. you know, because they'll look for any evidence or pseudo evidence. They'll create evidence. that's not really valid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To support while you suck. Mm -hmm. Right. And if that happens, then. It's a lose-lose for those kids. But if you can get your partner or your ex-partner mm-hmm. to see that what is best for the kids is always got to be the priority in the decision-making, not who's winning or who's losing, mm-hmm. then the goal becomes a little bit clearer. Right? Absolutely. So if you can have that discussion, if it's not happening already to try to help get your partner to see that, then hopefully you guys can come to some sort of conclusion on, okay, how to make that happen. But even still, like, as we made that transition, the holidays became our new norm that we would celebrate together. Well, then I moved on, mm-hmm. right? And and that's no longer a norm that I want to continue. And so I had to look at it too, that a holiday is on a day. It's just a day. It's arbitrary, right? So if Christmas is on the 25th and it's his turn to have Christmas, I can create Christmas on the 26th, Yes, right? It doesn't have to be on the 25th. We've just come up with this is the day Mm -hmm. and same with the birthdays. It's not the day that matters. It's the celebration that matters. Mm -hmm. So even if your partner's not willing to work with you on that, or at some point in your life, it doesn't make sense to do it together. You have to figure out a way to celebrate the moment just differently.
2: Absolutely. And I think that takes so much courage and confidence. And as you've, as you've stated earlier, it's working on it step by step that builds up that level of confidence. And in addition to that, you know, one thing I want to mention is it also builds up your level of self-worth, right? Right. Right. Because now you realize, wait a minute, no. No. I am worth this. I am worth more. I am worth being able to ask this. I am worth being able to celebrate Christmas on the 26th, you know, instead of on the 25th and I, I can do these things and I don't have to be this, you know, state official, you know, to go ahead and nominate this day as Christmas or whatever the heck right. I, I, it could be me. It could right. be me that makes this decision because right. I get to go ahead and create this environment and this experience for all of us,
3: right? It's empowering, right? Because it—it's no longer, oh, I'm poor me, I'm a victim, I don't get to celebrate yeah. Christmas with my kids. It's like, no, you just do it on a different day. Bingo. You know, you just make it just as amazing.
2: Yeah, you switch your perspective. You just switch it, yeah. You switch your perspective. Yeah, yeah. So here we go. Let me ask another question. When is the
3: right time to bring someone new into the picture? I think that, again, it's going to be a question that's dependent on each relationship and each person. I can just speak that uh, for me, I didn't bring my kids around anybody that I didn't think that this was going to be long term. If I had any sort of doubts about that, then I wasn't going to bring my kids around. And I didn't do a ton of dating before that. But there were um, one or two relationships where I just knew wasn't going to be the one. Mm -hmm. And so I was very cautious about that. You know, I didn't want them to be exposed to anybody because that's confusing.
2: A hundred percent. So, And I think that's important. I think that's important for women to understand is where is this? And I know with, with maybe, you know, getting out of a relationship and wanting so badly to get into a new one because of, you know, what Everybody wants you to everybody wants you to be in a relationship. Everybody wants you to be a family and what they think a family is. And when in reality, you don't have to be so quick to do that, you know, and being able to go ahead and pay that time and respect not only for yourself, but also for your kids. Right. Because if you're bringing new people in and out of the life, well, like you said, what message? Right. You know what I mean? What, right. What are that you...
3: relationships are fleeting, right? Bingo. And I don't want them to feel that way. Bingo. And we're human beings. We're wired yes, to be in a relationship. We want that connection. And I think when we're in the middle of divorce, it's super painful. So you're looking for something to fill that mm-hmm. void, to help you with that pain. And sometimes a relationship can be that. So you have to ask yourself, is this relationship... Am I in it because it makes me feel better at helping me deal with my feelings on this? Mm -hmm. Or is this the person I really want to be with and I'm connected to? Bingo. And so I've only introduced them to, well, I've only been in two relationships. Mm -hmm. The first relationship I did not introduce my kids to, but this one I did Mm because this one I feel like is right, good. It's healthy for me. And I want to model that for my kids. So I, I hope that this, it turns out to be the forever relationship. I feel like it will be, but they get to see that whole process because, you know, I think it's a healthy one for them to see.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. And I had even commented, you know, um, as, as you had, had gone farther in the relationship and and things started to get more serious just your attitude and your outlook on life was so much different. It was so much different. It was like, oh my God, I have my, my penny back, you know? And it was just, it was so amazing to see, you know, because, you know, I, I have to say, I, I, I watched her in this process and I watched her struggle and I watched her just, you know, go back and forth on really making a healthy decision. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I, like I mentioned earlier, I admired that about you, Mm -hmm. you know, because there was so much patience, There was so much patience. And in addition to that, you rode that uncomfortable wave so well, Mm. you know, and I know there were times you were kicking and screaming and, (laughs) and, and still, you still respected those emotions. Right.
3: Right. You know? Yeah. I wasn't going to be afraid of them anymore. You know, I wasn't numb. I wasn't anxious anymore. Mm -mm. I was feeling. And that's the thing that I always said to myself, whenever I was in pain, I say, at least I'm feeling. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. You know, I'm not avoiding it anymore. And I think um, this relationship is one that enhances me, but it doesn't make or break me. And I think that's important for a healthy relationship. You want to, like you said earlier, you want to have these moments where you're independent and then you're interdependent. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I looked for. And, and I have that emotional connection that I've been seeking. And it's like, oh, this it's here. is why I did all this. Mm-hmm. This is why I did the hard work. Like, I want and need this.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, when Willie when Willie and I were one month away from divorce, mm-hmm. we were both so dependent on each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was just this unhealthy level of dependence and mm-hmm. I needed him to meet all of my needs and he needed me to meet all of his needs. And we were just constantly met with this wall of resistance mm-hmm. and resentment,
4: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and we ended up being separated for a good amount of time. And- You know, although it was painful, I'm so thankful for that time period because I really got to figure out what I wanted and what I didn't want. And he was able to do the same thing. And in so many ways, I I remember being, well, you know, certain things are non negotiable. Mm -hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. You know, certain
2: things are non negotiable. And being able to have that voice taught me so much about myself as a person.
3: Right. You know, right.
2: and as a mom, as, you know, just as a human being and as a whole.
3: Right. You
2: know, right. and so I wanted to close with one question that I ask all of my guests
3: What are you doing right now to live the life you want to live? That's a good question. I, I think that every day is an opportunity for that, you know, um, being here and stretching myself and doing a podcast. It's leaning into that, that fear, right? It's not, I'm putting myself out there. I'm having a conversation that, you know. Listen have, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're usually listen to yeah they usually have closed doors right like I have no problem talking about myself
1: <laughs> All just for me.
3: <laughs> so, um so that's stretching myself um I still love my gym mm-hmm. I go every day mm-hmm. I have two gyms I go to I love it every day I'm trying to stretch myself there for me it's always about nature and hiking and adventures you know whether it's um, going to the desert, I've been going with my boyfriend and our kids to the deserts—new experience for me—or whether it's going to Yosemite, I've been to Yosemite like five times in a year. Like, yeah, you have. You know, like I just love that, like exploring this earth mm-hmm. and all that's out there. But also, I'm still building me. I, I I now have this this little home for my kids, and and my finances are in place and I'm trying to build my private practice and stretch myself and grow there too mm-hmm. because ultimately that's what I want to do is I want to help people do what I did mm-hmm. you know because it's so personal to me I know the pain that people go through on either side of that, whether they're the ones that feel rejected or they're the ones that are doing the rejecting, I get it. Yeah, and, and I want for for them to recognize that this is an opportunity for growth. That if we're the ones being rejected, how do we get here? And if we're blindsided, how how are we blindsided? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's something that we can learn from from all of these experiences that are only going to make us better. If we allow it, if we stay stuck in, I could have been the victim as a scarlet letter, right? Yeah. And I could have just like, poor me, nobody loves me, and tried to really make uh, my kid's father look bad. But that's not reality. Mm-mm. The reality is my reality still is valid. Mm-hmm. And and it's okay for me to want to live a different kind of life for me. So it gave me an opportunity to work on myself to work on my relationships with my family. I have a wonderful relationship with my parents and my siblings much more so than I felt like I did before.
2: Yeah.
3: You know, and I feel like it's not their fault. It was me. I I play a role in that. Let me just put it that way. We all play roles. Mm -hmm. And and my role was to, I need to follow this bebop, you know, narrative that isn't me. Mm -hmm. And so um, I still work on those feelings, right? Like how do I continue to be authentic how do I continue to stretch myself physically and mentally? Um, and how do I just have a good time, you mm-hmm. know, some joy life? So my life is full of trips, you know? There you go.
2: Yeah. So what advice would you give to the mom who feels stressed and disconnected?
3: I would say what, what is that serving
2: you? Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I love that.
3: Yeah. It's serving a purpose. I think that anxiety is a signal that you won't look at something that feels too painful because when you do, then you know mm-hmm. you have to make difficult changes and choices.
2: Absolutely. And so if
3: you're saying that you're stuck and you're just living right here in this stressed world, it's because there is something deeper, girl, that you're not looking at. So yes. It, it's time to look at it.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being yes, a part of the show. This is
2: awesome. Oh, awesome. Very
3: therapeutic. Right? I know it's happening. It's happening. I was like, wait a minute. Like, you <laughs> yeah, I'm totally going to bill her. <laughs> so where can we find you? Um, I have an email address. It's drpunderwood at gmail.com. So you can reach out to me there. You can also call me at 951-395-0972. I don't have a current website. My ex actually had done one for me. So I probably need to see if he'll help me update that. <laughs> Thank goodness. We're on good working terms. There you so, go. But if I get that together, I'll let you know. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, you guys,
2: like I always end with live with intent. All right. Bye. Bye. What's up ladies. Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now and rate and review. Thank you, guys. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I know you're ready for the next steps. If you want to become empowered and unapologetic, get my free course, Unapologetically Me, over at empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash course. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. This is given with the understanding that neither the host, practice of the practice, or the guests are providing legal mental health, or other professional information. If you need a professional, you should find one.
5: Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and to our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery.
4: freedom from alcohol i discuss topics like why we think about our drinking 24 7 why we have no off switch and why we crave alcohol if you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is then i hope that you will check out the sober powered podcast new episodes every friday see you there
5: addiction impacts all of us addictions consequences run through all of us
4: why we think about our drinking 24-7, why we have no off switch, and why we crave alcohol. If you're struggling with your drinking or you know someone who is, then I hope that you will check out the Sober Powered Podcast. New episodes every Friday. See you there.
5: Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind Podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there.